This is Pastor Cody Sturgill. I'm so thankful you're listening today. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence. Keeping your heart is a daily work. We need to daily fill our minds with God's Word. Join me as we hear a Bible message from the pulpit of Chilhowee Baptist Church. Remember our coach walking in the dugout and he said, he said, you know what? I'm not going to call you Tony anymore. From this point forward, I'm calling you Biscuits because that's all you can talk about. Well, it stuck. My, did it ever stick. I mean, there's lots of folks who do not know him by his name but know him as Biscuits. I remember being in high school, and I remember hearing across the loudspeaker with Biscuits, and they used his last name, please come to the office. And, uh, I mean, it stuck. It was, it was, a, it was a nickname. You know, nicknames can be very good, and that one's turned out to be a good one. It's, uh, it's something uh, fun that sucked. But sometimes nicknames aren't so good. <laughs> and quite frankly, whether you have a nickname that people use out and out or not, you do have a reputation. You do have a character. You do have a testimony with the people around you. And I wonder if the closest people to you had the opportunity to just say what your nickname should be if you might look like a, one of the seven dwarfs. Grouchy, sleepy, I don't know. Maybe ill-tempered, unkind, impatient, inconsistent. I don't know about you, but if I could choose, I want the kind of reputation that pleases the Lord. And if my peers could look and say, hey, I think we're not going to call you Josephs anymore. I think we're going to call you Barnabas. I think that would be a very good thing, don't you? May God help us to learn to be Barnabas in our Christian life. Back to our text, Acts chapter number 11. Let's look at this man Barnabas and see a few things about him. In our text, Acts chapter number 11, I read something in Acts chapter 4. I'll read to you again because I want to bring it out. Uh, the Bible says of Barnabas that he, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. The first thing I want to bring out about Barnabas is that he was giving. He was giving. Now, I'm not talking about just giving of land or money. We should be giving generous people. But that wasn't the most important thing. The first thing we see about Barnabas was that he was willing to give of himself and give of what the Lord had blessed him with in order to do the work of the gospel. Then, the Bible says, when the church was looking for this man who could go and help this group of, of new Christians, they said, we need to get Barnabas. We need to send Barnabas. And the Bible says that Barnabas, when they sent Barnabas, he came, he went, he did what God called him to do. Now, what kind of a man is a Barnabas? What kind of a person is a Barnabas? A Barnabas is a giving person. He gave his land, but more than anything, he was willing to give his life for other people, to help other people. I don't know how you are. But I'll have you know something. If you're the kind of person who only serves yourself, you are an empty person. 
Now, I don't tell you today that you need to be giving because I want you to give me something. I don't. But I tell you today that you need to become giving and generous and have a spirit that says, I will go the extra mile, I will give, I will serve, I will be a blessing to other people because I know that giving people are the happiest people that ever live. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And as God's people, Christian people, you, in church on a Sunday morning, you claim to be a follower of Christ, we should be giving people. Oh my, look for opportunities to give of yourself to other people. It doesn't always come in the form of money. As a matter of fact, some of the greatest gifts that have ever been given didn't cost a dime. But may God help us to be giving people. What kind of guy was Barnabas? You will never have the reputation of a Barnabas if you're stingy of yourself. You'll never have the reputation of a Barnabas if all you care about is what you can get. As a matter of fact, you'll never have the joy that a Barnabas can have if you refuse to be generous. Barnabas was giving. Secondly, Barnabas was caring. Barnabas was caring. Now, Barnabas was quite the guy. Uh, Barnabas did some very interesting things. One of the first things that we meet about Barnabas, of course, is he gave of his land, and they had named him Barnabas. But the second thing we meet Barnabas doing is quite fascinating. Who wrote the majority of the New Testament? What is his name? Paul, the Apostle Paul. That's right. You read your Bibles, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon. You read those books of the Bible, the Apostle Paul wrote those books. God used the Apostle Paul in a mighty way. We get New Testament church doctrine from so much of his writings, and they're very important, and they're part of the inerrant and fallible word. But Paul didn't always exist as the Apostle Paul. Do you remember uh, a man named Saul of Tarsus? Paul and Saul of Tarsus were the two same people. Saul of Tarsus was a tyrant in the early church. It was Saul of Tarsus who held the coats of the people who murdered the very first martyr for the Christian faith, Stephen. It was Saul of Tarsus who led the, the charge to get and deface and get rid of Christ and Christianity altogether. The Saul of Tarsus had a meeting with Jesus on the Damascus Road. I'm not sure if it's 58 or 91, but one of those two places on the road to Damascus, you know. He had a meeting with God on the road to Damascus, and Paul gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. Saul was a changed man. He was no longer at that point Saul of Tarsus. He became Paul the Apostle. Same guy. Now, it was a difficult season in Paul's life going and joining himself up with the church at Jerusalem because it hadn't been very long since it was he who was leading the charge to persecute them. Paul had been genuinely saved. Paul was, was a new man, and Paul was going to be mightily used for the glory of God. But understandably so, as Paul began to go into the church... The church received Paul, not at all, actually. 
They said, uh-uh, we're not going to fall to your trick. You can forget that. Do you know who it was that took the risk, reached out to Paul, heard his testimony, gave him a chance, and then introduced him to the church? I bet you know now. Barnabas. It was him. That's the kind of guy that Barnabas was. Acts chapter 9, verse 26, if you'd like to make a note of where you can see that. Barnabas is the one who reached out and said, I'm going to hear what Paul has to say. And when he heard Paul's testimony, he spent some time and took a risk on on Paul, he went back to the church. He said, listen, church, I can testify to the fact that this is a saved man and God's going to use him in a great way. I'll tell you something. I like a Barnabas. I like a guy who says, you know what? I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to hear you out. I'm not going to look down my judgmental nose, but I'm going to be the kind of guy that's going to reach out and try to help you and connect you to the church. I'll just tell you, we need folks who are willing to help connect the world with the church and bring people to faith in Christ and we need Barnabases. That was Barnabas. Now, a little bit later, the Apostle Paul goes on a missionary journey. On his missionary journey, there's a man named Mark. Now, Mark was, a new, was kind of a baby in the faith. They went out on a missionary journey, and Mark just had a rough time with it. And... He kind of drug Paul down, and he refused to go any further. And, and we have a Bible record of a heated exchange between uh, Paul and Mark. And that Paul said, I'm not fooling with that kid anymore. Do you know who picked him up and took him on another missions trip? Gave him another chance? Mentored him, helped him along the way? A fallen brother like Mark? Do you know who did? I bet you know now. Barnabas. Barnabas was the kind of guy that when Mark had stumbled and fallen and hadn't done just right, he was the kind of guy who said, come on, man, I'm going to help you. I'm going to work with you. I want to encourage you. That's a Barnabas. That's a Barnabas. And then our text, chapter 11, the Bible says in verse 22, they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. And when he came... And had seen the grace of God, was glad. What did Barnabas do? The church said, we'll send Barnabas to this bunch of heathen. I can always picture them with bones in their noses and uh, hoops in their ears. And they're uh, speaking a different language, eating something that uh, Barnabas has really no desire whatsoever to put in his mouth. Uh, folks whose culture wasn't the same and attitudes weren't the same. They had a lot to learn. And I've always got this mental picture, and I've, I've used this as an illustration before, probably here. But Barnabas comes, and he's, there's this group of people in front of him. I can just imagine that they got word, all these new Christians got word, that the, uh, the preacher from Jerusalem, from the church, is coming to, to town. And, and I can just imagine these folks getting together and gathering around. And I've got in my mind a bunch of, uh, of jungle-looking folks that have gathered around. They're excited about the preacher coming down. And when Barnabas steps into their presence, in that group of people seated around, these new Christians, they didn't look right, act right live right, smell right, and they didn't know much of nothing about what it was to be a real Christian. But they'd given their heart and life to Jesus. And the Bible says when Barnabas saw them, 
What did he see? He said, oh, no, what a mess. He looked at it and said, oh, no, this is a disaster. What have I gotten myself into? He griped and complained. No, that's not what he said at all. The Bible says, and I can just see bars. He walks into the presence, and there they are. I'm looking at this church because this is a pretty rough-looking bunch here. I call most of you family. <laughs> he walked to this church, and he didn't see the problems. He wasn't ignorant to them. He didn't see the issues. He wasn't ignorant to them. He looked at them, and he said, I see the grace of God. He said, I see what God can do in their lives. I see what God can do in this situation. I see what God wants to do. He saw what God could do and not the problem. And Barnes was that kind of guy. He was caring. You know, it's easy to be a thermometer. What do you mean? A thermometer. What's a thermometer do? You look at a thermometer, and the thermometer tells you what the temperature is. That's it. It's hot. It's cold. A thermometer at church looks like, this is terrible. This is awful. It's easy to be a thermometer. It's harder to be a thermostat. You know the difference. A thermostat will tell you the temperature, but it will also do something about it. A thermostat knows the temperature and does what's necessary to bring it down or bring it up. In the work of the church... Determine to be a thermostat, would you? That's what you should tell folks this week as you're out and about. What did you learn at church? I learned I need to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. <laughs> Barnabas, what was he? He was the kind of guy, he was the kind of guy who cared enough to say, you know what, I'm going to see, I see what God can do. I see what God can do in this situation, and I'm going to rest in the Lord, and I'm not going to be negative I'm not going to be unkind. I'm not going to be faithless. He looked at them and he saw the grace of God. He was caring. Thank you for listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. Keep Thy Heart Daily is a ministry of Chilhowee Baptist Church in Chilhowee, Virginia. To learn more about the ministries of Chilhowee Baptist Church, check us out at chilhoweebaptistchurch.com. If you'd like to financially support Keep Thy Heart Daily, please send your gift to Chilhowee Baptist Church, P.O. Box 838, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319.